Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, and it's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks to talk about financial and estate planning, travel, hobbies, and so much more. Whether you are planning for retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. And Lori, trading stocks is one thing. Having sustained long-term success with your investments is quite another. Successfully achieving your investment goals can have a positive impact on your financial health, allow for early retirement, and perhaps even make you very wealthy. On the other hand, investment mistakes can set you back in your financial goals. That's right, John. Nobody is perfect when it comes to investing. You know, we're all going to have our wins and losses, especially when it comes to thinking about your portfolio or your investment goals. But successful investing is just It's not just about picking the right stocks. You also have to avoid mistakes that might come into your path during your investment time horizon. So again, you don't want to undo all that previous hard work because of some of these common mistakes. So today on Ready, Set, Retire, we'll be talking about common mistakes investors make, among other things. We will talk about investing based on gut feeling, fear of missing out, FOMO, high-risk investments, and much more along the way. Laura, you've been a portfolio manager and retirement specialist for more than 20 years. From your experience, what is one of the most common investment mistakes that retirees make? What I have heard throughout the years is they have a gut feeling. And this is usually when we're in a market downturn. And people may think they understand what's happening in the world or to the markets, but often the opposite can take place. And what I'm referring to is that right during a panic, if somebody thinks, well, you know, things could get worse, I should move all to GICs or cash right at this time. You know, and they're basing it really on the emotions and the anxiety they're feeling about the world around them and then not thinking clearly, right? Because everyone knows that investing is long term. The problem that you have today in the world or in the economy or in the markets is not the problem you're going to have in five years from now. So it's best to make financial decisions that are supported by data and facts. And that's why people work with financial advisors and portfolio managers, because we've been through this before. And I have the ability to think clearly and make hard and quick decisions for clients and for their portfolios. For instance, when you think of even last year, you think of September, October, the markets, the S&P was down 30% from its peak at that time. There's a handful of people that think that their gut knows more than you do or knows more than the stock market does and want to make those life-changing decisions of moving out of stocks completely and moving into GICs. And the problem with that is you've seen the market since last September, October. It's recovered and recovering, and there's a lot of momentum behind it right now. And so those people who sold out last year, they were right maybe for a couple of weeks. But after that, now looking back six months, they've lost all of that recovery because they made that mistake of trusting their gut too much and not professionals that are around them. And it's interesting because if you listen to the news or commentators, they've been predicting a recession now for Lord knows how many months, 
And we haven't hit one yet, as far as I know. You know, that is something, John, because late last year, when the market kind of bottomed out in October, that's when there was kind of peak recession fears. And everyone was talking about first quarter of this year. And then you start looking in December and January, start going, you know what, you can't have a recession when everybody is working. It doesn't work that way. You need to have high unemployment. And so we put money back to work. And that was the right thing to do at that time. And when you look back at any of these panic situations, they've always been an opportunity, actually. And so, yes, we have to watch out for a recession in the future, but it's not happening tomorrow. And in fact, may even be a soft landing. So as an active portfolio manager, I don't need to project what's going to happen in a year from now. We're looking at the data today. We have a thesis about what's going to happen, an opinion, but we can steer and change course when needed. And that's a big difference. Staying on top of the data that's out there and not just sitting in cash for years and years because you think the next big one's coming. Because had I done that, I'd be sitting in cash for 23 years for clients. We would have not made a, a whole lot of money for them. And so, you'd be out of business, I think. <laughs> yes. So what is a common mistake that investors uh, who are managing investments themselves uh, will make? What have you seen? Yeah, I think one of the most common do-it-yourself type investing mistakes is kind of diving in without a plan. We get a lot of do-it-yourselfers that come to us because they don't want to do it themselves anymore, John. It's only fun in a bull market. It ain't so fun in a bear market. And so what we've seen is a lot of do-it-yourselfers become buy and hold because they don't want to spend eight to 10 hours on their portfolios a day. They want to buy a basket of stocks and hold on to them. And then a few months in, a few years in, they realize, hey, this isn't as easy as it looks. And, you know, I have a whole bunch of stocks in here that are way, way down and I haven't sold any of them. And now I don't know what to do and I have nobody to talk to. And that is the issue with do-it-yourselfers and their mistakes. So often they're holding on to their losers because they feel bad selling them and they sell their winners, which again, you kind of want to do the opposite. For example, for us right now, Meta, Facebook has been moving higher and higher and higher. We may trim a little bit of profit, but I'm not about to sell the whole position because there's a lot of good things happening at the company right now. However, when I look at a company that may be trending downwards, such as Disney making a decision to sell because there's a writer's strike and so on. Like you got to be thinking about what's going on in the world, not just that, oh, it's Disney, I better hold it forever because things change and you need to stay on top of it and do it yourself. Whereas frankly, they make the mistake of not realizing how time consuming managing your own money is and also not realizing that in a bad year, they could lose a whole lot of money because no one's guiding them on making decisions and they just hold on to everything and end up losing. 30, 40, 50% of their money. And that's no good for you in retirement, nor is it good for your beneficiaries if you plan to leave them any money at the end of your days. So always go to a professional. And if you look back over the last 20 years and the ups and downs and the market swings and you know the bottoms and the tops, it really has been a roller coaster ride. But if you're out there doing it yourself, unless you're really good at it, to do it yourself is kind of like Knowing how to drive a nail into a two-by-four and then deciding you're going to build your own two-story mansion. It's just, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> exactly. And and it's it's definitely harder for people to not be emotional about their own money. I've definitely met a couple that can do it okay on their own, but I would say the majority are not built for it. And in a good market, it's easy. In a bad market, their investment horizon and investment philosophy go out the window and, and they end up making bad decisions at, at a bad time. 
One of the terms that we hear a lot, and we've heard it uh, quite a bit in the past few years, is FOMO. What does that mean and how does that impact investors? FOMO is, of course, the fear of missing out when certain sectors or individual companies experience a lot of growth. Some investors want or expect that they should have had all of their eggs in that one basket. And markets move in cycles and things move in and out of favor all the time. Some investors may think that they can really maximize their returns by taking large investment bets, so to speak, in one stock or one sector. But if that moves against you and you have a very large concentrated position in one area, then it can really hurt you just as much as it can help you. And a good example of that would be oil stocks. Last year did well when the invasion happened initially, and you saw oil run up to 120, 130 a barrel. Well, it's almost fallen 50% since there. So oil has not been the best place to be. So you have to, again, take a look at your exposure and having diversification in your portfolio is key. Also think back to the technology.com bubble burst in 2000. That was huge. That was when I started in the business. And this is why I probably believe in diversification. I saw a lot of advisors just totally overweighted 50, 60, 70% of client portfolios were in technology and that bubble burst. And sadly, people lost a lot of money and the NASDAQ never really recovered the tech heavy index for, I think it was almost 13 years. So having diversification is important, but also not getting caught up in the flavor of the day. Right now, it's AI, artificial intelligence. A few years back, it was cannabis. During COVID, it was a lot of these online type stocks. And so just recognize it's not that you can't have exposure to some of these things, but just don't get overweighted, overexcited, because again, a lot of those FOMO type situations, a lot of stocks end up going to zero or close to zero. And so you just don't want to have uh, much, if if any, exposure to, to some of those, especially if they're in the higher risk category of that sector, for example. So it's just something to think about. Don't get caught up in the hype. It's important to just keep a good head on your shoulders during all that excitement and not to get sucked in. I don't have that problem of FOMO. And so that's why we've had consistent returns over two decades. You know, what I find funny is that on the one hand, we're talking about artificial intelligence and, you know, investing in AI and how it's the next great thing and everybody's excited. But along with that comes this thing that, well, it could wipe out humanity at the same time. And I'm thinking, what? How do you <laughs> how do you look at that and balance that and think okay yeah I think I'll put some money in AI and I just won't think about the fact that even the experts say eh, you know it might have a, a negative impact on humanity I don't know it's it's very weird Yeah I was just watching a special on 60 minutes about AI and I, it was a little freaky I mean I think it was a, a department of Google has robots that have taught themselves how to play soccer and no one taught them. They taught themselves. And uh, and it shows the robots playing soccer. And I'm like, oh, my. But all of these situations in technology has usually advanced the world. And yeah. I remember the Internet and everyone talking about when that was going to go bust in 1999 because no one knew how to deal with the, the change uh, into the year 2000. And, of course, it didn't become that. And so I think mankind has a way of uh, getting through <laughs> these things, you know, and, and the media just loves yeah. to talk about it. And it's definitely that, to me, feels like the beginning of a bubble kind of situation, this AI stuff. 
I mean, right. there's definitely some legs to it for sure, but you got to watch out for some of these smaller startup companies that are talking AI, in my opinion. I mean, I stick with the Microsofts and we don't own Google right now, but things like that. Big tech companies are where I tend to sit and not in kind of these new issues or, or high-risk investments. Humankind has a way of kind of eking through these things one way or the other. But when we talk about AI, at this point at least, we're talking, I think, about some high-risk investing. So is that another common investor mistake that, hey, let's jump on this AI thing because it's you know, going to make trillions? Exactly. People don't just want to make 7 8% or 10% on their portfolio. They want to invest in AI stocks and make 300% or more. And yes, that can happen for early on. But again, I've never gotten into that side of the business. I just tend to believe that small junior stocks in a certain sector, there's many of them that will go to zero. And I just don't gamble for my clients. And so I, I tend to stay away from that. And I think that's a common investor mistake, especially if they don't understand the market or high risk investments. And there's people out there that do and they want to invest in that. Mm -hmm. I would always say I'm not your advisor then because that's just not what I do. But for people who are, again, are more novice investors too, like just be careful of that. They can get very excited. And you think about the cannabis days, whether you agree with it or not, the point was is a lot of those stocks were going up huge, right? Yeah. And we avoided all of that for many different reasons. But there was people who made a lot of money and there's people who made a lot of money and then just lost it all. So that's where, again, you got to watch out for uh, those kind of higher risk, small companies. A lot of them don't even have revenue. They don't have earnings. They have high overhead costs. They have to raise money in order to pay their employees. And it's a hard investment to really analyze and do so successfully. So when it comes to investing, a lot of people's first experience uh, can come in the form of mutual funds. So what are some of the issues of having a portfolio only invested in mutual funds. Yeah, you know, I just uh, met with another couple recently that had all their money in mutual funds. And there's just so many better options out there in terms of the, the problem with funds and, and why it's a mistake is that one, the lack of transparency to me to, can lead to anxiety during panic times. Even if um, you don't worry about transparency, i.e. meaning you don't care what's in your portfolio, you just look at the bottom line then fees can be an issue for you uh, in mutual funds because they tend to be two, two and a half percent. A diversification. A lot of them are over diversified. They have too many stocks in them, too many holdings. And the last part of the fund situation is, is that they don't have a lot of risk management. Most of them can't raise cash, even if they feel the markets are going downhill. They really can't protect you in that way. So that's kind of when I'm looking at an investor mistake is just the idea of having way too much in funds. It's not that every mutual fund is bad. It's just usually there's better things you can be doing with your money. And I'm talking mostly about stock funds or equity funds. And again, you can't expense a fee for tax purposes in those accounts. So then that goes the same, John, for do-it-yourselfers who just decide to buy a bunch of mutual funds or ETFs too, especially in the mutual fund side of things. They're not getting what they think they're getting. And the problem with them is the high fees, the lack of transparency, the lack of risk management, and so much more that I've seen over my 20 years. So that is another common investor mistake. So what is uh, an investor mistake that you seem to see more and more of these days? What's kind of creeping up to the top of the list for you? I think another 
mistake could be constantly watching the markets or your portfolio on like a daily basis. I think it's normal to keep an eye on what's happening in the world and the markets or the economy, but it's easy to get swept up in the doom and gloom or the excitement. And so markets are constantly moving and you're going to have months where you're up, you're going to have a month when you're down. And that's the way markets work, right? And if you're looking at it too much and you're emotional about it, then it means that you probably shouldn't be looking at it at all and waiting for your review. Because really looking at things every six months or every once a year is really what you want to be doing. Some people need quarterly, and that'd be the most, I would say. But mm -hmm. uh, looking at it on a daily basis is just too much, especially if it changes your mood with your spouse or your partner. The markets are having a bad day, so you're having a bad day. You don't want to do that. You want to hire a good financial team to take care of it for you so that you don't have to worry about it. And you can go living a, a life of bliss in retirement and, uh, you know, talk to your advisor when you need to sort of thing, right? Um, I, I really do believe that because people get so focused on, especially the doom and gloom stuff uh, yeah. from the media. And yeah. you go late last year and the doom and gloom was outrageous. And then what happened this year? Markets are recovering. So yeah. there you go. So don't believe everything you read, I guess, and don't believe the hype. <laughs> I love I love the, the use of the word bliss. I'm, I'm I'm still looking for that retirement bliss to come around the corner. I just I'm just a worrier. Okay, so we've talked a lot about mistakes investors should avoid. What about the things that investors should do? Well, investing is really a long-term plan. It's important to choose a strategy that really works for you. You want your investment strategy or your financial advisors or portfolio management team that should really align with you and how you feel as well. You know, you want it to work for you, but you need to stick to it too through the good and bad times. You, you can't be changing the goalposts on your advisor or your strategy because you end up really hurting your performance over the long term. When there's a market downturn, try to adjust your thinking and go, you know, what are the opportunities that are presenting themselves right now? A clear example of that was during the banking crisis or the mini banking crisis that we just had. Once we realized what it was and there was a solution, we started looking at which banks should we be buying, for example. And that's how an investor should think. And as a portfolio manager, we're trained to think that way. What can we look for in this situation that could benefit the portfolios? Again, you should really ignore what other people are buying. Your friends, your neighbors are investing in. I mean, whether it's Bitcoin or real estate or high-risk investments, they have their own money. You don't know how much it is. They may have a little percentage invested in something, but you may think it's the entire portfolio. They are only telling you about the good things that they've invested in, not the things that don't do so well. So focus on what is important to you and your financial or retirement goals. Make sure you're communicating that to your advisor or us and then work with that. Don't have that FOMO as well with your friends and family and other <laughs> investors. Forget about what they're doing. Yes. Because what works for one person may not work for another. They may not worry and you may be a worrier, for example. And so, and, and lastly, I would say invest in quality companies. 
quality blue chip companies, even though we're trading them. And we have all different sorts of sectors, whether you take a look at copper versus banks versus utilities versus technology. But we're always investing in the higher quality companies in those sectors. And we really haven't and don't deviate from that in order to get a real higher return, because with that kind of risk taking can come devastation as well. So we know that going through a bear market is no fun, but when you're invested in quality companies, you will, and we will always be able to manage out the other side. However, if you start taking risky bets, that means that you could hurt your performance for years or indefinitely. And so that, again, you want to focus on high quality companies or you make sure that your advisor does for you. So those would be kind of my ways to look at investing in terms of not making some of those common mistakes, John. Well, with the plethora of financial products available in the market these days, investors often struggle to understand and uh, identify what is the right investment, what's the suitable investment option. So investing your hard-earned money can be overwhelming, and so it's crucial to avoid any investment mistakes that could jeopardize your financial stability especially uh, in the long term. Yeah, exactly. Mistakes in investing in in any other situation in life even are normal and, and can serve as really great learning opportunities as well. So, you know, many investors often neglect to learn from the mistakes that they've made in the past and somehow also believe that they had done the right thing. Uh, I've talked to many prospects who call from the radio who gave themselves a good pat on the back for selling out during COVID. And I'm going, okay. And they, often they say before COVID, but they forget that the timing, you know, <laughs> it was probably at the low and then they never got back in, for example. So again, you want to make sure you're not making the same mistakes and have confidence in the team that you've chosen and make sure they're doing the right thing for you as well and staying on track and that, you know, everyone's a good fit. I think that's really important. And and that will ensure that you're not led into making uh, some of those common mistakes. All right. Always good advice from Lori Pinkowski. Before we go, we need a quote as we wrap up this edition of Ready, Set, Retire. What have you found? Well, there's actually two that I like. You know, the biggest mistake investors make is to believe that what happened in the recent past is likely to persist. Mm-hmm. Nothing stays the same, John. Nothing. And the second one I liked as well, it's good to learn from your mistakes, but it's better to learn from other people's mistakes. And that's why we do Ready, Set, Retire. So I can let you know what other investors' mistakes have been because I've actually seen them. So So, uh, pay close attention. Yes. uh, Learn from others' mistakes, not your own. Fantastic. Listen, uh, always a treat, always a pleasure to uh, speak with you. And we will do this again in a couple of weeks. Sounds good, John. Thanks. And that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire.
The comments and opinions expressed in this podcast are the result of work done by Lori Pinkowski. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuity's research and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord's beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management is a division of Canaccord Genuity Corp., member of the CIPF and IROC.